Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Oh. 
What a treat. What a treat. Thank you, Crystal. What a treat, too. Wow. It's the best, best version of Hatikva I've ever heard in my life. We just thank you, Lord, for this, for that beautiful, beautiful Hatikva, Lord, and, and for the worship time today. We thank you, oh God, for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, for, for this time again to be together. Amen. Amen. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, Beshem Yeshua. We pray. Amen. Amen. All right. What goes zub zub? Anyone hear this one? What goes zub zub? A Hebrew speaking bee. Quick quiz. These are this is these are not funny. These are just quick quiz, Israeli quiz questions. Most tree types in Israel, are they olive, pine, cedar, or cypress? What would you think? The most Majority trees in Israel. I would have thought that too. Pine, pine. Now, this is not updated. This was 25 years ago I got this one from, but 25 years ago, 80% pine. So maybe it's changed. I'm sure it's not. But uh, true or false, the Western Wall is a remnant of the temple. A lot of you know this, right? It's false. It's actually a remnant of the retaining wall around the temple. Okay. Uh, who were the first and second Arab leaders to visit Israel? Anwar Sadat was the first from Egypt. Who was the second one? Yes, the Jordan guy. King Hussein of Jordan. In what year did the Israeli sh the shekel replace the pound? Because it was the British pound. Because remember, the British mandate, the British had control of, of what was then Palestine. It replaced the pound as Israeli unit of currency. Was it 1953, 1978, 1980, 1985? 1980. So now they use the shekel, like the biblical, you know, shekels. Like the, okay, uh, the picture, last one, picture stamped on modern Israeli one shekel coin you have a one shekel coin, which isn't worth, I think it's what, a third of a dollar, um, is the same as, the, as in biblical times. Is it A, three pomegranates, B, a menorah, C, a Mogan David, or Star of David, Mogan David, or D, a hand? Three pomegranates. It's three pomegranates, all right? We say in Israel, you know, you always say for Am Yisrael Chai. Let's say that, Am Yisrael Chai. Am Yisrael Chai. Let's say it. That's the people of Israel live. Let's say it. Am Yisrael Chai. One more time. Am Yisrael Chai. The people of Israel live. And I just want to say, I was thinking about that as we were, you know, all this. We, the, we have survived. We have, we live. But also as today, as the body of Messiah, as the family of God, you know, Jew and Gentile together, as the family, just we need one another, and we feed off each other in the body of Messiah. We need, you know, I was thinking how when one is strong, another is weak. And when another, and, and vice versa, then when one is weak, another is strong. Sometimes you're strong, and sometimes you're weak, right? And thank God there's someone else is strong when you're weak, and that's why we need to be together. That's why we need to meet together, assemble together. Kehilah, assemble you know, for, forsake not the assembling, Hebrews 10.25, together, to meet together as the manner of some is. Do so all the more as you see Hayom, the day approaching, the day of his coming, the day of the judgment. We need each other, but we need each other. And just as we say, Am Yisrael Chai, the people of Israel live, 
the, the, the body of Messiah lives, and we need each other as the mishpacha, as the family of God. And I just, so <clears throat> quoting the late John, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, Naphtali Hertz, Herz, Imber, alluded to Ezekiel's 37, Ezekiel 37's passage in 1877 when he wrote in the song that became the song we just heard, Israel's national anthem, Hatikva, the phrase, Od lo adva tikvatenu, our hope is not yet lost. Little could he have known that 70 years later, one-third of the Jewish people would have become in Auschwitz and Treblinka a valley of dry bones. And then yet, a mere three years later, the Jewish people were proclaiming the state of Israel. God's words to Yehezkel or Ezekiel were fulfilled. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Victory of life over death. Hope over despair. Now, is this not what we've been looked at, looking at these last few weeks in the suffering and resurrection of our Messiah and his subsequent appearances to his Talmudim, his disciples, presenting himself alive and well, victory of life over death, of hope over despair. And so we look at a parallel suffering and resurrection today. Back, back to Rabbi Sachs. Israel has taken a barren land and made it bloom again. It has taken an ancient language, the Hebrew of the Bible, and made it speak again. Israel is the only nation that has revived an ancient language, and it's spoken now by, I think it's, I don't know, 100 million people you know, throughout the world, really. It's, since its establishment, Israel has done extraordinary things. It has absorbed immigrants from 103 countries speaking 82 languages. It has turned a desolate landscape into a place of forests and, and fields. It has developed a cutting-edge agriculture and medical techniques and created one of the world's most advanced high-tech economies. It has produced great poets and novelists, artists and sculptors, symphony orchestras, universities, and research institutes. It has presided over the rebirth of the great Talmudic academies destroyed in Eastern Europe during the Holocaust. Wherever in the world there is a humanitarian disaster, Israel, if permitted, is one of the first to send aid. It has shared its technologies with other developing countries. Jews have lived in almost every country under the sun, and in 4,000 years, only in Israel, have they been a free, self-governing people. Only in Israel are they able if they so choose to construct, construct an agriculture, a medical system, an economic infrastructure in the spirit of the Torah and its concern for freedom, justice, and the sanctity of life. Only in Israel can Jews today speak the Hebrew of the Bible as the language of everyday speech. Only in Israel can they live Jewish time with a, Jewish, with a calendar structured according to the rhythms of the Jewish year. In Israel, and only there, Jews can walk where the prophets walked, climb the mountains Abraham climbed, lift their eyes to the hills that David saw, and continue the story their ancestors began. Seventy-five years, a fulfillment of the word.
visions of the Hebrew prophets from over 2,500 years ago, and an answer to the prayers, dreams, and aspirations of Jews around the world for over 25 centuries. The concluding Passover Seder prayer in every Jew's Haggadah for the last 3,000 years, in every remote region, country, and land where Jews lived in, di in dispersion has been and continues to be, what is it? Next year in Jerusalem, right? Or La Shana Haba'a Yerushalayim. Amen. Israel Independence Day, as we know, was this past Wednesday, 75 years. Two reasons why this is so important, I think, I would say, for all believers to know. There's more, but let me give you two most important. Number one, we should care about what God cares about. We should care about what God cares about. Romans 9 through 11. By the way, Romans is considered, the book of Romans, the letter to Romans, the Rome, believers at Rome is considered to be the most important theological book probably in the Brit Hadashah, in the New Covenant, as far as clear doctrine and theology. And Romans 9 through 11 is at the center, is in the center of Paul's letter to the believers in Rome. It's central to biblical theology. It's dealing with God's plan for Israel, for the Jewish people. As Derek Prince, the late, I think he's the late, Derek Prince said, the Bible is Israel-centric and it holds a sacred place for Christians. How sad when believers are robbed of that through replacement theology because of their being, being brainwashed with it. Number two, because Israel's, listen, Israel's regathering indicates Yeshua's soon return. To quote the the late Dr. Arthur Kack, K-A-C, after the return from Babylon, the Jewish people completed the Old Testament and, or the Tanakh and gave the Hebrew Scriptures and gave the world Jesus the Messiah. What will this present return produce, he asked in the late 50s when he wrote the book of Israel's rebirth. All signs point to Israel's final and complete redemption and the transformation of the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdom of God. This is the teaching of the whole Bible, Old and New Testaments, he said. Israel's restoration is associated with the return of Yeshua, the Messiah. Even so, amen, come Lord Jesus. Revelation 22, 20. Let's say it. Even so, come. Even so, come, Lord Yeshua, Lord Jesus. Amen? Bo. Amen. Let's say amen. amen. Bo Adon Yeshua. Bo. Bo Adon Yeshua. Come, Lord Yeshua, Lord Jesus. Now, Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 11, this amazing vision of the valley of dry bones is so visual. The purpose of the, the message, if you look at Ezekiel 37... The first 11 verses, it's amazing. And it, it's the, the purpose of this message that Ezekiel was given is really to inform us and was to inform Israel that God will accomplish the seemingly impossible. Impossible. Look at it. The hand of the Lord was upon me. The spirit of Adonai, the Ruach Adonai, carried me out and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of, of bones. 
He led me all around them. Behold, there were very many in the floor of the valley. Behold, they were very dry. Ma'od, ma'od, very dry. Then he said to me, Son of man, Ben Adam, can these bones live? Can they live? And he gave the best answer. Best answer when God asks you a question. You know, Lord God. Ata yadata. You know, Lord. He says, Lord God, Lord Adonai Yahweh or Adonai Elohim. You know, you know, God. You know. Prophesy over the bones, he said to me. Say to them, dry bones, hear the word of Adonai. Thus says Adonai Elohim to these bones. Behold, I will cause spirit, ruach, to enter you and you will live. And then he goes into more detail. The flesh, the tendons, and the breath, you will live. And you'll know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and he prophesied. There was a noise and an earthquake, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I saw, behold, there were tendons. Flesh came upon, skin covered them. But there was no breath in them, in verse 8. No breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the spirit, ruach, to prophesy, son of man, and say to the Spirit, uh, come from the four winds, Spirit. Breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied just as he commanded me. The Spirit came into them, and they lived, and they stood up on their feet. And it doesn't really say a vast army in the Hebrew. It just says very, very strong. The Hebrew really says that there's no breath in them. The ruach en bahem, no breath in them. And then they, uh, they lived. Batavu bahem, baruach, bihu. They stand up, here it is, extremely chayil gadol ma'od ma'od. They extremely enabled and expanded, uh, or enabled, increased, very, very. Now the word, the letter vav, the Hebrew letter vav, is used 17 times in chapters 36 and 37. And we may see it translated as so, or then, uh, this preposition, or, or moreover, but really... It's just the word for and, the preposition and. And it, it's not really then, but oftentimes it's translated then. But and, if you think of it as and, because the events are not necessarily, in my, as I understand it, not necessarily in sequence. We like everything to be so organized. We want everything to be just, you know, so I have it all mapped out very clearly and in sequence and chronological order. But they overlap and they interweave. And so how God does it is his way, not necessarily our way. Things overlap and interweave. Now, according to Ezekiel 36, verses 24 through 26, there will be a gathering and then there will be a cleansing and a filling. And I'm just going to read those verses for you quickly. 24 through 26, I will take you and I will take you. It's not for, it's and I will take you from the nations and gather you out of the countries and bring you back to your land. And I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. Yes, we worship idols as a people. Yes, as the nations do. We're no different. We worship all sorts of idols. You know, we trust we, all sorts of things instead of God. More and, it's moreover, it's really and, v, the vav. I will give you a new heart, a lev chadash, and I will put a ruach hadasha, a new spirit in you, and I will remove the stony heart from your flesh. The stony heart. 
Yes, we have a stony heart toward God and give you a heart of flesh. In other words, a heart that's sensitive to God, sensitive. And I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my laws and you'll keep my rulings to do them. So God's going to do this, a gathering, a cleansing and a filling. It's going to happen. The bones are going to come together now. Bones and then breath, right? Bones and eventually breath. It's going to happen. A physical return to the land and a spiritual return to the Lord. It's happening, but it's going to happen totally. It's going to happen. It's going to absolutely happen. We know the Bible says it. We know the Bible says all Israel will be saved. There's going to be a mass you know, there's going to is a remnant, always a remnant, a she'erit in Hebrew, always a minority, always a left, or means leftover, a minority, but there's going to be a massive. Okay. Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Remembrance Day, the, meaning the day of the catastrophe, was observed a week and a half ago. Now, we remember the attempted extermination of the Jewish people as part of Hitler's final solution nearly eight, eight decades later. In Israel, sirens sound and all stop and stand at attention. I mentioned it last week, of course, and, and if you've lived in Israel, there's nothing like it, including cars pulling over on the highways, busy highways. Everyone exits their cars for two long minutes as all remember the six million. And wherever you are, you stop, and in your hearts, everyone says, never again. And if, you've ever, if you haven't ever visited Yad Vashem in Israel, it's a life-changing experience. How many have had a chance to visit Yad Vashem in Israel? I haven't been to the one in Washington, D.C. I know that's the Holocaust Museum there. It's amazing, too. But Yad Vashem, it's a life-changing experience. 160,000 survivors live in Israel today. Some artists have paralleled the Holocaust to the crucifixion, like Jewish artist uh, Mark Chagall. The Fountain of Tears in Israel sculpture. God's plan on earth seems to be that out of tragedy comes victory. We face horror and devastation. But afterwards do come hope, renewal, and restoration. And I will be candid. I've mentioned this before. I don't fully understand why God allowed the Holocaust any more than I fully understand why he allowed our son to die at 30 years of age. I don't fully. I get pieces, but I don't fully understand it. Horror, but eventually healing. But not, listen, but not complete removal of the loss. People think, and some even might say, can't you just get over it? Yeshua still has on the marks of his wounds in his hands and his side. In Zechariah 12.10 and 13.6, it says, Then I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication, when they will look Toward me, whom they pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for his firstborn. 
Then someone will ask him, what are these wounds between your hands? And he will answer, those that I received in the house of my friends. In Luke 24, verse 35 and 39, it says he became recognized by them, by the couple there, the two, in the breaking of the bread, of the matzah. When he broke it, they saw his hands, the, the marks. And it says in verse 39, he showed them his hands and his feet. In John chapter 20, verses 24 through 28, Thomas said to the other Talmudim, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and put my finger into the marks, mark of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, the disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them and Yeshua came despite the locked doors he stood in their midst and he said, Shalom Alechem. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord, Adonenu and Elohenu, my Lord and my God. The marks of suffering are still in Messiah's resurrected, imperishable, glorified body. But they're wonderful wounds. In heaven, Yeshua is still the lamb who was slain. Revelation 5, 6, and 12. Revelation 13, 8. I repeat, the lamb who was slain. He still is. He remains the lamb, haseh, let's say it, haseh, haseh is the lamb, seh is lamb in Hebrew. The lamb, 28 times in the apocalypse, the book of Revelation. I remember reading the book of Revelation the first time in, in Israel, my first trip in Israel as a young believer. By the way, this is, this is from Israel. I brought it today, my first trip in Israel. Got it in an Arab market. It's Jerusalem. And I thought, you know, I'm going to bring it today. Still, one of the few things I still have with me. And I said, well, I'm going to bring it, put it up for Israel's for Yom Ha'atzmaut. But I remember sitting in my uncle's uh, house, you know, and being alone with the Lord and just reading through the book of Revelation. Had an NAS Bible there, and I read through it. And just feeling like, wow, experiencing, seeing, wow, the set throne is the center and of the universe. Seeing, wow, this is amazing, all this going on. And the Lamb, 28 times, He is still the Lamb. Likewise, in a similar way, the Jewish people do not forget the Shoah. We have moved onward, but the nail prints in hands and sides still remain. We cannot replace six million. We don't just get over it, but we can and have rebounded back to establish a glorious homeland after two millennia of homelessness. Amen? The miracle of Israel's rebirth is amazing. And it may seem remote to some, far removed to some of you if you've never been there. I, we understand that. My first time in the land, Haaretz, we call it. Let's say Haaretz. Haaretz, just it's the land. The Holy Land is usually a term that Christians use for it, but Jewish people call it the land Haaretz, really. It was in 1973 just before the Yom Kippur War. The nation was only 25 years old. 
I recall my cousin opening a huge peach, fresh peach with his hands, and he showed, wanted to show me the fruit of Israel. He said, look at, he's a, he was a tank commander in the army, in the IDF, and he was so proud. He, was, he says, I want to show you the, how our fruit is much better than your American fruit. He, he ripped the peach open. He took me out in his army jeep, you know, all in the Judean hills. It was amazing, and the smell of the soil, the newness of everything, and I remember getting, you know, brushing up against thorns and saying, wow, this is a rough land. You get cut easy. And the, and, uh, they were, the fact that it was recovered through intense warfare after the worst genocide in human history, far outnumbered. And though uh, he was more secular in his outlook, even though I was only a believer for a year at that time, or less actually, I knew that this was the fulfillment of many promises God had made through Moses and the prophets and the answer to countless cries and prayers for 19 centuries. I understood that. Modern Israel is one of the tiniest nations in the world, yet rated the eighth most powerful country. Israel is, the, is recently this year rated the fourth happiest country in the world, just behind Finland, Denmark, and Iceland, according to the UN-sponsored World Happiness Report. Now, I don't know how that how they up with that, but somehow they do. There's amazing things, you know, that, that Israel has come up with. It's ranked fifth for health and longevity. The population now 9.7 million, 73% Jewish. Uh, I think the rest mostly Arab, you know, 20, I think, percent Arab. 43% uh, under 20 years of age, average age 30. 9,500 high-tech companies. Uh, Francis sent me something. There's an some of the creations, inventions, then an app diagnosing heart failure now, all electric air, an all-electric airplane was created, a deep printer that removes and recovers ink, so the third highest rate of entrepreneurship and highest rate among women, oh, highest rate among women and those over 55 in the world. They recycle 90% of, the, of their wastewater. Uh, more trees in Israel than they had 50 years ago, the only country in that, with, that, with that situation. Number one in research and development, number two in scientific research, aeronautics, flying automobiles, cybersecurity, healthcare, AI, fintech, food tech, etc. But it's a rugged country too. And people uh, like the land are very direct, as we know. I like this story, you know, that it was mealtime during a flight on the El Al flight, and uh, the flight attendant said to Adam, said, would you like dinner? And he, and he said, uh, well, what are my choices? And she said, yes or no. <laughs> but there are th basically three views of Israel in prophecy. That they, everything was historically fulfilled under Ezra and Nehemiah's time, historically forfeited and spiritually being fulfilled in the history of the church, or presently being fulfilled literally fulfilled now for the Jewish people. Well, let's say, let's just say the church is not Israel. It does not replace her nor supplant her. Everything God said he would do literally, he will do literally. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, Romans eleven twenty nine. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself, 2 Timothy two thirteen. It's true for Israel, it's true for us, that, for all of us. That is true for us now, and the reason we know this is because how God deals with his people, Israel. So number two is out. 
Certainly, some prophetic passages forecast the return of the Jewish people from Babylon. However, many refer not to this return, but to a permanent and universal restoration rather than a localized and temporary one. Prophecies like Amos chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. I'll restore you, God says, the captivity of my people Israel, and they will rebuild desolate cities. And it says that they will plant vineyards and drink their wine. And it says, yes, I will plant them on their land, and they will never again be plucked up out of their land that I have given to them. Never again, he said. Isaiah or Isaiah 11, verses 11 and 12. It will come about that in that day that my Lord will redeem a second time with his hand the remnants of his people. And he mentions all the different places. And he'll lift up a banner for the nations, for the nations, and assemble the dispersed of Israel and gather the, the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So a international, not, not a local return. And this word Ness, miracle, the banner of the nations, an elevated raised signal for the nations. A second time, two gatherings and two in gatherings. Egypt was neither. Babylon was the first. The second is from the four corners of the earth and includes the islands of the sea. This is the Mediterranean with the whole continent of Europe. There is no evidence that the return from Babylon included Jews from European continent, nor that Jews even lived there at the time. Isaiah 60, verse 21 says, They will possess the land forever, the branch of his planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Jeremiah chapter 32 says, Out of all the countries, I'll make an everlasting country, a, a covenant. Zechariah 8 says, Out of the east, from the land of the east and from the land of the west, they'll be my people, I'll be their God. And then he goes on and says, After the ingathering of Babylon, there, there's, there's, another there's a restoration. So following the physical reclamation of the land of Israel comes this declaration of the spiritual rebirth of the nation. And this is, just think, if you lived one century ago or more, you'd not be alive to see God's word coming to pass today. Yeshua isn't coming back however, until we, the Jewish people, collectively acknowledge him. Right? He said it, Matthew 23, 39, he said it, it's, for I tell you, you will never see me again until you say what? There it is. Baruch HaBab Hashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of, Lord, of the Lord, speaking of himself. He said, you'll not see me again. I'm not coming back until you are turning to me. I will go and return again to my place, Hosea 5.15. I will go and return again to my place. I don't know if you're familiar with this prophecy. It's an amazing one. Until they admit their guilt. Then they will seek my face. In their distress, they will seek me earnestly. Well, who came down and then left to return to his place? Psalm 110 verse 1 says, The Lord declares to my Lord, oh, to Lord speaking, sit at my right hand until, there it is again, odd, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Messiah is going to come back when our people collectively acknowledge him. Romans 11, verses 24 through 27, if you were cut out of that which by nature is a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to a cultivated olive tree, 
how much more will these natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? For I don't want you, brothers and sisters, to be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own eyes, that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion. He'll turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them. I'll take away their sins. It's going to happen. We're called to evangelize the world, go into all the world, bring the gospel. Israel is called to be that light to the world. And, but as it happens, God is going to turn to the Jewish people and uh, for bring, bring them to, to salvation. Ezekiel 39, verses 28 and 29 then they will know that I am Adonai their God, since it was I who caused them to go into exile among the nations, and I who will gather them back to their own land, and I will never again leave them there. So no diaspora Jews left. I will never again hide Satar to conceal from view. I'll never again hide my face from them. Well, Isaiah 8.17 talks about he's hiding his face. For I have poured out my spirit, my ruach, upon the house of Israel, declares the Lord. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's what's going to happen. To pour out his spirit upon, to reveal, to reveal his face, to not hide his face. That's what he's doing. That's what he's going to shine in our hearts with the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of the Messiah, or 2 Corinthians 4, 6, as he writes it. So let's pray for this now as we close our service and pray this blessing, receive the blessing for his face to shine upon Israel with the revelation of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. As we're, we are all holy priests, you are holy and royal priests in 1 Peter 2, 5 and 9. Let's speak this blessing upon the Jewish people. And as we receive it ourselves as well, I want us to say it together today for something different. Let's stand and we're going to say it, but I want you to join me in saying it and pray for that light to shine, this light to shine in the, of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of the Messiah. Lord, we just thank you that you are going to accomplish your word as you brought a physical return to the land. You're bringing a spiritual return to you. And the light of the glory of Yeshua, of the Messiah, will shine, of God in the face of Messiah, will shine upon our Jewish people to see and know you, to know that you are the Messiah, to know who you are. Lord, you did it. You revealed yourself to many of us, Jew and Gentile here today. Whatever our background, you, revealed, you came and revealed your love to us, Lord, your saving power. Lord, you brought us from darkness to light. You took us out of that darkness you, 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 out of the horror of emptiness, and you revealed your son. Paul says, when it pleased God to reveal his son in me, just comes to mind. Galatians 1.15, when it pleased God to reveal his son in me, Lord, reveal your son, reveal Yeshua to our people, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, because you have promised that you will. How much more will they, these natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? Lord, you will do it. Thank you, Lord, that we're living in this prophetic time, Lord, this amazing time, Lord, that we are living and seeing it happen this century. Amazing, Lord. Thank you. So let's say this, let's say this together. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmorecha 
Ya'er Adonai panav elecha b'yichunecha. Yisa Adonai panav elecha b'yasem lecha shalom. Let's say it in English. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Lord, reveal yourself to the Jewish people, Lord, and to any of our friends that don't know you, anyone you're thinking of that doesn't know our Messiah, know Yeshua, Jew or Gentile, whoever. Lord, reveal Yeshua, Lord, to them now. Reveal yourself. If you've never trusted Yeshua in your own heart today, you've never received him, open up your heart. Just call upon the name of the Lord. You will be saved. You will experience that new life. The Bible says, just say, Lord, I need you. I'm calling upon you for salvation today. I'm calling upon you if you need healing today. I'm calling upon you, Lord, for a touch from your power, the power of your spirit. The same God that, re- that put the bones together, the dry bones together. They said we're dry. We're, we're so dry and there's no hope and we're, we're beyond hope. That same God can give you, can put you together today and put flesh on you, and then he can put his spirit in you. He can do that right now. He'll do it for you right now. Just call upon him. If you, whatever your need is, come to call upon him. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, God can do it. He loves you, and he wants to do it in your life. He'll, he'll wash away. He'll cleanse you. Forgive me for my sins, God. Wash away my filth, Lord, the filth. I've turned to other gods, Lord, we've turned to other gods. For, cleanse me from that other gods, other sources I've looked to for my help, for my answers. I'm looking, turning to look to you now, and thank you, Lord, for receiving me. And if you're, if you're watching online, please write us, contact us, and we'll contact you back. We praise you, Lord. We thank you. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace, amen, amen, Shabbat shalom. Amen.